back to Athma 360. I'm your host, Chris DeChant. We're continuing staff interviews, and today I have EMS Division Chief Nick Ells. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Good morning. I'm great, great. Good hey, to be here. Yeah, no, it's great, man. So we're just continuing our uh, staff interviews. This is to let everybody know a little bit about you. Going to ask you just a few questions, and then we're just going to have a simple conversation, if that sounds good. Outstanding. Okay, cool. So uh, tell me, where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? So I grew up right here in Arizona. I'm a native, uh, Gilbert, Arizona, same house that uh, that is still there today that my dad lives in. Um, childhood was awesome. I am the oldest of four siblings, all boys, um, you know, typical, uh, typical, great, uh, I guess you could say great uh, family atmosphere. You know, my dad was a firefighter. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Wait a minute. Your dad was a firefighter. Uh, I think I've heard of him before. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, though. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, my mom stayed home, raised all four of us. You know, we were we were a handful growing up. Um, you know, we played sports, all four of us, you know, and this was back when Gilbert was a, a farm town community and uh, far from where it is right now. It was, it was it was a great upbringing, loved it, wouldn't trade it for the world. Cool. So did you play sports or I imagine four I brothers, probably pretty active? I did. We did. We played everything. We played football, baseball, basketball. Um, you know, I was definitely, I was definitely not the most talented athlete, but, uh, you know, we had, we had fun playing. And so that was, that was a big thing in, in my life growing up with sports. And when we got drawn and, uh, went hunting with my dad, which was also a, a great time. Absolutely love it. And still to this day, have a hard time, hard time getting drawn and, and going up there. We usually take our rifles or bows for a hike, but, uh, yeah, we have a great time. So you get a chance to get out into the outdoors, hike a little bit, maybe see some animals, maybe or maybe not. Absolutely, I, but I, but you know what, I love it. It's a great experience when you're with the family. You're you're out having fun away from you know all the all the the high energy city kind of stuff. So great, great. Uh, where do you guys usually hunt at, or or where have you tried to get drawn? So we usually put up for, and I guess that's part of our problem is we usually put up in areas like Kaibab and the Arizona Strip, way way up north and. And, uh, you know, in the, in the units that have 25 tags kind of thing, you know, the, the trophy hunts. But when you get drawn, it's it's an absolutely amazing experience, you know, to see an animal that big, that gorgeous and and being able to take that home. So, yeah, it makes it worthwhile. And, and I'm imagining when it's really hot down here, that's when you kind of go out and kind of scout a little bit up north. So yes. it gives you a reason to, to get out of the heat. It sure does. Yeah, great. Okay, so growing up, uh, you were in Gilbert. So what led you down the path to become a firefighter? And like I said, I, I think <laughs> most folks maybe know your dad, maybe have heard of him at some point. Yeah, so I, if you have or have not heard of my dad, don't hold it against me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gary Ells, he's a, uh, he was a deputy chief with the city of Tempe for 42 and a half years. And so growing up ever since I was a little kid, that's the fire service is what I've known. You know, it's, it's been my second family since I was born. You know, I, I don't know anything different. Um, it's been a second family all 44 years of my life. It's still my second family. Um, I've never wanted to be anything but a firefighter. You know, I, I grew up in the firehouse. I was one of those fortunate kids that, you know, you go to the firehouse, you get to, you know, slide down the pole. You get to go on, on rides around the block in the fire truck. You get to go on some of the calls and, the same guys that we'd see at the firehouse are the same guys that would be, you know, over at the house uh, having like crew events and stuff like that. And it was, you know, my mind was made up since I was a, a young kid that that's that's what I want to do. I had a brief a brief moment in time where I wanted to be a, 
a fighter pilot, but I wasn't smart enough for that. So, <laughs> well, that, that's one way or the other. I think uh, sometimes how smart we are, or how smart we aren't, that ends up you know yeah. hadn't helping us uh, select our career, right? It without did. a doubt. Yeah, I'm definitely in the in the same <laughs> boat. Without a doubt, I thought I wanted to become a doctor. Uh, decided that maybe being a firefighter was a better better option for me. But we wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, no, no, honestly, I mean absolutely. this is the best career. Ever. Yeah, very blessed to have the career that I've had. I know we've had a chance to talk, and I think you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so your dad was a firefighter. Mm -hmm. um, I had a chance to meet one of your siblings uh, this last year at the Elks Lodge recognition for public safety. You want to mm -hmm. talk about about him, even though he's he's not the better. L's brother, right? Oh, we, we got I, the better one. That's, that's arguable. He's, uh, he is really smart. My youngest brother, Dan, is a captain in Peoria. Um, he, he's just an all-around great guy. You know, he is very, very intelligent, makes great decisions. He's funny. You know, everybody loves him. He's got great character. Um, you know, he's been, he's been there about 17 years, 16 or 17 years, so. Yeah, and, and I was joking a little bit, you know, you are the better L's brother, but he was uh, getting recognized actually for exceptional customer service he, that night. And so. he does, and that's yeah. that's who he is, you know, and in part that's kind of how we were raised and in, in how to treat people and, and kind of the service that you provide in the fire service, um, you know, so it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that's in... He wouldn't even tell me about that. That's something that I had to read online because he's, he's very, very humble, so. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so... Grew up in Gilbert. Your mm -hmm. dad was a firefighter in, in Tempe. Um, graduated high school. What did you do after high school? So in high school, I, you know, I wasn't the greatest student, I guess you could say, but I knew what I wanted to do in life. Um, I knew that I wanted to be a firefighter. When I talked to a lot of the guys down at the fire station in Tempe, um, they said, hey, yeah, you can go to college, um, you know, get your degree. Uh, you know, fire science, work towards that. And then I talked to a couple other guys that said, hey, I went uh, the route of the United States Air Force as a firefighter where they give you all the training. You get to do it as a job. And at the same time, you can earn, you know, college credits and, and work on getting your degree in there. One of the things that I've really respected throughout my life was my family members that have served in the military. And I've had quite a few of them, you know, and they've always been people that I've looked up to. And uh, that just, it, it really, it, it really hit something with me. And I said, you know what, that's a great idea. Um, the next week I went down to the, the recruiter's office and I said, hey, I want to be a firefighter, you know, in the United States Air Force. And so he said, he signed me up, went and did a, um, took the ASVAB, uh, scored well enough on the ASVAB that I can pick uh, the career field that I wanted. I told him I wasn't going to sign unless it was a firefighter position and a guaranteed position came open in the academy. And uh, I joined the Air Force as a firefighter right out of high school. So um, one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, I wouldn't take it back for anything. Um, in fact, the only reason I got out of the military was because uh, you don't fight too many fires on, on military installations just because they're so safety conscious. Um, but, you know, the, the discipline, the, um, the self-discipline, the structure, uh, the pride, all of it, you know, it's, you know, they're, they're, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, the core values that, that I learned in the military is still the same core values that, that I hold true to this day, which is, you know, integrity first, service for self, and excellence in everything that you do. You know, and, and I found that equation to, to you know, to, to have quite a bit of success in my career when using those. So. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, back when I was in Glendale, we started an honor guard and we had a chance to go train with the Luke Air Force Base Honor Guard. And I witnessed everything that you're talking about with the airmen that were there, um, just super professional. I did have a chance too also to see though with the Luke Air Force Base firefighters, Unfortunately, their prevention is so good. They don't have structure fires. Yes. Um, and the Air Force is so safety conscious, even with the flights that you typically don't have, you know, ARF type yeah. issues. So definitely get that. Okay. So you you uh, enro- you uh, enlisted in the Air Force. You mm-hmm. did uh, four years or how long were you there for? Oh, so, man. So uh, I had a job offer at, uh, at f- uh, I've been testing my last year and I had a, a job offer down in the Tucson area. And uh, I was just getting ready to come out. I was in Saudi Arabia, and uh, it was September 11th. It was 5 o'clock at night. I'm in the, the chow hall, and uh, I was getting ready to fly back to the States and uh, out process when uh, we saw the second plane hit the World Trade Center. And pretty much from that point forward, um, we, did an, uh, we did what's called stop loss, which is when the military during wartime enacts a uh, – um, enacts a, a, a provision that nobody gets out. And so I spent uh, one more year in the Air Force, which um, it was a great year. You know, um, you know, it unfortunately, it didn't work out to, to hold the position down in the Tucson. But um, what I did do was apply down at Gila River Fire Department uh, during that time, um, got out, you know, right when I was released, I had a position down there and I spent three years down there and Learned a whole lot. It was a, a great time and, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot of high-speed vehicle accidents. Uh, it's my, it was my first introduction to the Valley Fire Service when you're on the inside, you know. That's great. So I don't know if you remember from your interview here at AFMA, but uh, now Fire Chief Brendan Espy was Surprise Fire and Medical. Uh, he had a similar deal where he ended up in a stop loss and he thought it was very unique. He was reading your resume and said, you don't see that a whole lot. And I guess the same thing had actually happened to him when he was offered a, a job with Surprise Fire Medical originally. So yep. kind of interesting, interesting story there. Okay. So you get out uh, the Air Force, you start working at Gila River, obviously you transitioned over to Tempe. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of your, your experience at Tempe. So uh, I, I transferred over to Tempe. I told Gila, hey, I, I won't test for anybody but you guys, um, or except for Tempe, because it's the department I grew up in. Uh, my dad was still there. I was fortunate enough to get selected to go to Tempe um, back in 2005 and uh, spent uh, spent the last 17 years in Tempe working through the ranks, uh, went to paramedic school, uh, hazmat really picked up, a, um, really picked up the hazmat thing, you know, became the East Valley coordinator after I was promoted to captain for the hazmat training, taught it to 200 class, taught a bunch of CEs around the valley. Um Really loved that. Uh, went on to become a, a training captain over there um, my last couple of years as a captain. Um, and then after that, I was fortunate enough uh, to, to get promoted to deputy chief. I wasn't, um, you know, as a captain, I absolutely love the position. I, I love the crews. I love making the difference in the street. And I, I love watching my guys develop. You know, it was it was so rewarding. But the only thing I was missing was challenge. You know, it. it I'd been on quite a few fires. I was always the, uh, you know, the the dark cloud, I guess you can say. And I just, I missed being challenged on those calls. And so it was time to take the next level and stepped up and, and uh, stepped up and was, was promoted to fire chief or to, I'm sorry, fire chief to deputy chief. 
And uh, three days later, the train derails in, in the city of Tempe. So that was a, that was a fun experience. Yeah. And I think, uh, so a couple of things, one, a lot of us that promote to chief officer, I think it is that challenge, right? I recently mm-hmm. was having a discussion with one of our captains and I said, you know, I think you know that you're ready. It's one thing to be a captain on a truck and, and phenomenal job, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe the best job within the, within the fire service. Uh, but your effect, you can only have an effect on your crew yes. on your shift. So you become a chief officer and then you have a chance to usually affect, you know, a bigger portion of the organization, if not the entire organization, mm-hmm. kind of like where you, you are within EMS right now. Absolutely. Um, the train derailment. So, yeah, tell us just a little bit about that. I remember we, we talked just a little uh, bit that uh, was, when you, after you started. So that was an experience. So teaching hazmat through, you know, the last 10 years in, in Tempe, we were always always trying to come up with ways that we can make these fourth quarter drills, you know, realistic, but challenging, right? And uh, all the things we said would never happen when we're putting together drills like, there's never gonna be uh, a rail car full of something that's water reactive that's gonna catch fire over a water base. That's not gonna happen. Trains not gonna do a rail in the middle of the city. Like all the things that we said, the chance of that happening are slim. Because of all the safety measures we talked about, like you saw in the exactly. Air Force and, and with DOT and with the railroad, right? We're going, there's no way because there's all of this in place. And then literally in one morning, you, you're going to work and you look up and you go, that that doesn't look good. You know, and then all of a sudden your, your uh, phone goes off your pager and says, hey, we've got a train derailment. And you're going, oh, in Tempe, over on the tracks, over the town lake. And you're going, well, this is, this is going to get interesting. And so... Um, it was a it was a fun two weeks. the The first day I was there, I was I was uh, working in the command post, and Chief Reese said, "Hey, we're put bringing in an IMT team. We're going to make you the incident commander. Are you okay with that?" And I said, "Chief, you understand that you just promoted me three days ago." And he goes, "Yeah, but you got this right." I'm like, "Yeah, I guess so. We're going to find out." And it was it was a great experience. I mean, we worked with agencies from all over the country, all over the valley. Um, you know, federal companies, and we had to rule out all sorts of different things first before we can even start other operations, you know, um, law enforcement type of, of issues. But it was it was a great experience. Learned a ton, um, you know, and, and I mean, how many times can you say you've been on a train derailment or got to be the incident commander uh, of an IMT team for a, a train derailment in the middle of a city? Yeah, especially in the mitigation, you know, mm-hmm. after the initial management of it, I, I think a lot of folks don't think about that. There's a whole mitigation phase, yes. and that is much more um, detailed, much longer than the initial response, right? Absolutely. It is. And it is challenging. And you're trying to coordinate so many different agencies, um, you know, in, in that in that facet that uh, um, it does. It creates a quite a challenge. So knowing uh, Chief Reese for quite a while, I've actually known him. I grew up with his little brother. So um, I think you were voluntold you were the incident commander. Yeah. I, I know he probably made it seem like it was your idea, but I, I think you were going to be the IC no matter yeah, what. Yeah, right? I'll tell you what. I was scared. I'm not even going to lie. I was so scared. I'm going, I'm, I've literally been a chief three days. I, I don't even have my stuff looped in my office yet. And he goes, hey, you're going to be the incident commander. And, and here's, you know, Phoenix's command staff. They're all their number twos. And. And those guys are like, don't worry, we got you. And I'm going, oh, my God, I hope so, because this is going to be, it's intimidating. You know, when you're sitting in an IMT room, you know, and, uh, you know, you have all that kind of stuff going on. And, you know, it's, there is, you would never guess how detailed or or what kind of a big deal that is for something like that to happen. Yeah. And representation locally and nationally is 
you know, you're not going to make everybody happy and you got to make some tough calls. Yeah. Especially not the railroad, right? Usually right. They, they, they don't like to play well. I think no, the fire they, departments. they absolutely do not play well uh, with the fire departments, you know, because they, they're, they are very much time is money. And until that tracks open up, we're, we're losing a million dollars an hour kind of thing. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Interesting. <laughs> Okay, so hey, before we wrap up, I always ask everybody that I interview, what is one interesting thing about yourself that no one would know? Oh, man, that's a tough question. You know, I am, uh, for those of you guys that know me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open. You know, I, 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 uh, I tell people just about everything, you know, what's on my mind. Uh, I try and be very tactful about it. Uh, but one thing about myself that people may not know, uh, I'll say this, and I know that I'll never hear the end of it, but um, <laughs> um, I've watched trashy TV like Grey's Anatomy, The Circle, uh, you know, uh, Love is Blind, stuff like that, only because I have a wife and I have girls, daughters at home. And so, yeah, I've watched that next question. Well, I'm sorry, you know, I've seen I've seen all of all of those seasons, so. Wow, I know ne- I never would have guessed that. That's <laughs> <No>. a great. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have to. It's more of a, I guess, uh, an admission. But yeah, I've seen all of them. But I do have, you know, I, I am. The boys are outnumbered by the females in in my house. So completely, Next completely question, get it. <laughs> completely get it. Anything else that you uh, you'd like to cover before we wrap up? No, I I, uh, I appreciate this time. Um, I'm really looking forward to this, um, to what we have going on in, in AFMA. You know, the future is, is super bright. We have so many good things on the table and uh, I'm really looking forward to, to what the future holds. So awesome. thank you for the chance. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining me today. Thank you, Chief. Thank you for joining us again today on AFMA 360. Be safe, and I hope you have a great day.